Damn, if you weren't on that Instagram live that I had when I got back into social media, it's been 31 days, but I had that Instagram live just now. Wow. That was shocking to give you guys to give you guys some like pretense to what happened. I I go live. I used to I mean before this hiatus, I was going live like a lot. And then Obviously, I didn't during the past month, but when I would go live, I would usually get around like 80 people. Some days, like maybe 110, touching 110, that would be a really good day. Um, but my most ever was by far, there's one day when I did a course giveaway and I hit 315 because it gave me top live, whatever that means. Hit 315, that was my top one. So when I was going live to talk about for the first time being on social media since... Uh, uh, since I left, I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to promote it a little bit on Instagram beforehand. I'll probably get like 200. I thought, I thought maybe like 180. I thought that would be, yo, <laughs> I went live and in the first two minutes, like 650 people poured in. I was like, oh, holy shit. And here's the crazy thing. I talked for an hour straight. Like Instagram only allows you to go live for an hour total. I talked for an hour straight. The whole time, it never went below 570, and most of the time, it was staying above 600, like, definitively. Like, it was a strong resistance line. That was eye-opening to me. It, it, that was so eye-opening to me. I was like, damn, a lot of people really do care about me. So, I appreciate all you guys for sure. But I just wanted to film this podcast so I can get a li- into a little more calmer explanation of what's happening. I was, like, freaking out when this was happening. I was, like, going... I was just, I was going so hard. I was trying to explain myself while looking at comments and just knowing that 600 people, like I graduated with 440 people in my class. So to know that I had a hundred and like 25%, 130% of my entire high school class, it just watching me around the world. There's probably like 45 fucking 50 countries in that motherfucker like the drop shipping uh fan base that i have uh mostly is very dynamic and from all around the world every time i ask that question i'll be like live it'll be like like 60 people and it'll be like 20 different countries i'm just it's always blown away so anyway surprising things happened when i got off of social media like three days into it I would say like the first first and second day were a little odd because I would like go to take my phone out to like fucking capture something. And then I realized oh, I got to put my phone away because I can't be doing that right now. So that was that was the only odd part. And then I definitely there was like a hint of loneliness that that set in like right at the beginning. And then it kind of just went away. I was like, OK, uh, I got hold on before I get into before. I want to tell you a huge announcement before I get even get into you know, the social media thing. I am moving to Miami officially in five and a half weeks, hopefully to like a, uh, like either a duplex or a house so I can get a dog near like Miami Coral Gables area. That would be ideal. I might have to go through with another fucking apartment and not get a dog. That wouldn't be the best because I'm so tired of these apartments. But yeah, I'm definitely moving to Miami. Miami's open as a motherfucker. Everything's open. 0% income tax. How could I not? The humidity is a killer, but hey, that's what you're paying 0% income tax for, I guess. So, but uh, they make it back in property tax, but I'll be renting for sure. So, uh, so yeah, the social media thing, my screen time 
ended up going shooting up like sometimes double what it usually is surprisingly because a huge lesson that I learned from this is it's not social media that I'm addicted to and maybe we all are like this I can only speak for myself it's not social media we're addicted to we're addicted to the phone itself because I noticed when at at the beginning I I just I'd naturally just like out of habit take out my phone look at it and be like ah can't do that put it back down but eventually I just kept picking it up and I just kept picking it up and eventually I had to fill that time with something I had to fill that I don't know I just I just felt like you know there was a lot of like stagnant time so I feel like the phone is the addiction not necessarily social media it's it's mainly the phone because I replace like my Facebook my Instagram my Twitter my LinkedIn it all it became Clubhouse Discord Robinhood and Coinbase and stockcharts.com and all the all these other things that I use. So as a result, like my screen time went up 50% to 100%. My income went up 50% to 100%. I killed it in the markets this month. Fucking killed it. Fucking killed it. At one point I was up six figures and just in this month. Obviously it went back down because a lot of it had to do with the crypto. But I'm still sitting very comfortably after this month. And um that was one of the surprising things for sure that I, I, I didn't expect is from my screen time to go up. But also it just shows that the more attention that you, whatever you pay attention to, that's what you become. So if you're following a lot of stupid people on Instagram and you're always on Instagram, you're going to be, you're going to start becoming more and more stupid. And I'm sorry. So that was, this is why I'm, this is the second time I recorded this podcast. Yesterday was not a good podcast because today is much better now that I can see the after effects of me going back on it. So I recorded this um, before I got back on, and now today is the first day I'm back on, and I can definitely say that there are some differences. Oh, by the way, the Tesla video is about to hit a million. Uh, we're four thousand views away from a million views on that Tesla video. My first million dollar, my first million viewed video. So I'm excited about that. Okay, but back to the topic. So I was talking about social media, and. How, I mean, another thing I definitely realized quickly is like I would get into sometimes these moods where I would like reminisce on the good days as if like YouTube got destroyed or something. Like I think my brain was kind of trying to accept the fact that the good old days were over and it like became very nostalgic to look at the think of social media and YouTube and all that. And I'm not going to lie, when I started this, a small part, of just a very small part of me, if it was big enough, I wouldn't have done this, but a small part of me was like, Maybe when I come back, I'll fuck my account up so much by not posting for so long or people just kind of forget about me that I'm not going to nearly like I'm ne- it's never going to be the same. I just I don't I just a small part of me thought about that. And obviously, based off that Instagram live, that is anything but the case. That is anything but the case. So moving on, I'll go back to the social media in a second because I got to cover these topics. A huge change that happened. Huge change. I dropped. The first two weeks of January, I dropped 14 pounds. That's a pound a day. And then I ended up, I knew that I was going too quick because I was losing muscle too. So I started adjusting my diet into a more fat burning, uh, more fat burning uh, route while fat burning muscle building. So I'm just building lean muscle, lean muscle, lean muscle while trimming down my fat. Guys, I'm down like 15, 20 pounds of fat. If you go on my Instagram right now, you'll see the comparison like 20 pounds of fat. It's, it's, I started, it started getting out of hand and this gets me into 
uh, one of the biggest lessons that I learned with no social media and is not something you would expect at all. When I was 18, right before I got that chest surgery I told you guys about, I hit 191. And I remember seeing that scale. I'm like, damn, this is the heaviest I've ever been because I was bulking up. I was big time bulking. And I was a strong motherfucker too. My arms are huge because I was on creatine as well. But I started bulking up, bulking up, bulking up. And then I think it was either right before, I think it was right before I got the surgery. My friend Brandon saw me in the gym. He goes, dude, what the fuck? I go, what? He goes, you got fucking fat, dude. And I remember that because I've been fat multiple times in my life. I was 120 in the fourth grade, which, I mean, obviously I was very short. 128, that was just overweight for sure. But then even in the fourth grade, I'm like, okay, I'm not putting up with this shit. I'm not buying this agenda. I'm going to lose the weight because I feel better about myself. And you're lying to me if you say I look better overweight than underweight. Okay, so in the fourth grade, no, I'm sorry, fourth grade, I hit 150. Holy shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, so in the fourth grade, I hit 150. And then by the time the fifth grade happened, I dropped down to 115. So I dropped like 35 pounds uh, that I needed to drop. And then I was pretty skinny until like seventh grade. And that's when I went back up to like 180-ish. And then I in the eighth grade, I calmed back down. But then when I got into bodybuilding when I was 17, 18, that's when I started putting on tons of mass, creatine, tons of protein, fats, and just eating a ton of food uh, to cover up uh, my chest shit. I had things poking out of my chest that I had to get surgery on. And so when he said that to me, it did sting. But I knew he wasn't just saying this to fuck with me or all I'm saying is I knew he wasn't saying that just to be like, nah, just to, I knew he was saying that. I knew that there's truth to what he was saying and I knew it in my head. But once you get a visit, once you get an outside confirmation of the things that are going inside of your head, you better pay attention to that. You got to pay attention to that because if you're not paying attention to that, you are just lying to yourself and you're just going to run to the nearest magazine telling you you're perfect just the way you are, which is. That ties into my the biggest biggest thing I got out of this this month, okay? But remember that number, 191, okay? He says that to me. I go, okay, now's the time. That's, I knew my surgery was in about a month or two, so that's when I started trimming down. Like, now's trim season. If, if someone points that out to me, I'm going to listen to them, especially if they're a good friend of mine and the thought's been, and, and like, they're, it's in my best interest, you know, or in... His case is more just like he wanted. To, that's an honest dude. I know him. I've known him for a long time. That's an honest guy right there. I've known him for almost twenty years, which is crazy. Actually, I have known him for twenty years now. So, the next month, I mean, uh, I go and get my surgery, and then I drop thirty six pounds in six weeks. That's simple. And the the diet that I'm using right now is the same as back then, but it's way better now because I know more about nutrition, um, macros, and just macro absorption into the body. And then I can also, with my aura ring, I can track what how many calories burned I'm at exactly per day so I can eat at a certain deficit. I, I'll get into the details of this diet uh, after, the, after I cover this like backstory. But fast forward to a month and a half ago, one week before I went off social media, uh, my friend Logan and Tristan, I've known them for a long time. They're my good friends, and I know they have my best interests, and they're not going to fucking lie to me and pretend everything's okay. So in my head, it's just like with quarantine happening, I was just like, you know, spending so much money and just uh, on going out and eating out. Like, I thought 2019 was bad. I, mean, I thought 2020 
Yeah, 2019. I thought 2019 was bad when I spent $25,000 going out to eat in Uber Eats, right? 2020, uh, in 2020, I definitely spent more like 30, 35,000. So I was just going ham, dude. I just love food so much. So I, I weighed myself periodically and I could tell I was going up, but it was kind of one of those things where I'm just watching it happen. And I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I don't know. I was definitely not in the best headspace once winter hit here. It's a brutal winter with, and then when the restaurants closed down and all this shit with the gyms. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, he gets in the elevator and he goes, dude, you've put, he goes, dude, you've been putting on the quarantine pounds, haven't you? Little did he know I measured myself that morning and it was the first time I'd been 191 since I was 18 when Brandon said that to me. That is no coincidence, guys. That is no coincidence. And instead of me getting like, fuck you, man, what the fuck? Why would you say that to me? Why would you say that to me? Why? Uh, I just go, you're right. You're very right. And then boom, I started putting the things in place. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get off social media. I'm not sure if I decided I was getting off social media or not by this time. But this, if not, I'm sure this was a pull to it. Where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get off social media. And I'm just going to go ham at the gym. And on my diet. And so that's what I did. And if you look at the before and after pictures on Instagram, you can see a huge difference. And guess what? That difference is going to keep on going. Like the body craves what you feed it. And I'm feeding it salmon, chicken, green beans, broccoli, grapes, carrots, almonds, beef jerky, green tea. Uh, Let's see what else. Bacon, eggs. And then 4.5 liters of water a day. So that's huge. It's 4.5 liters of water a day. Your body weight in grams of protein, under 100 grams of carbs, and under 100 grams of fat, ideally under 75 grams of fat, at a 1,000 calorie deficit in which you're burning 800 to 1,000 active calories a day. You can go back and rewind that, whatever. I track my active calories with my uh, or a ring and I use the app lose it to track my macros and my calories. You have to be, I'm, I'm working at a thousand calorie deficit, which is a pretty strong approach, but I'm, I, I've been fine. You know, I've been, I've been more than fine. Uh, and then once a week I have a cheat day or more like a cheat meal where I just like fucking carb up my body just to shock it out of its survival mode system. That's getting into with these, with this lower carb diet. And I promise you, if anyone is out there who's overweight and you and you know it, doesn't matter what your friends say, if you know it and you can honestly look in the mirror and say that you're happy with the way that you look, then fine. But if not, if you follow that simple as like I should I'm actually gonna get the domain. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna go even go that right because there's nothing more to it. This is free simplifiedweightloss.com right here. It's simplified. I'm sure that domain's even taken, but I don't ever want to sell this info because it's it's obviously so easy and this is, could change people's lives it definitely changed my life twice as uh, continue to change my life just if you follow that simple formula and stick to it for two weeks your body's going to be craving that food and not the other bad food that you've been eating and then you give yourself that one day where you can just pa- go to pound town dude it's over it's that easy so the biggest thing be- because of this uh, situation and it had me thinking back about back in you know uh, when I was eighteen that happened. I think the biggest takeaway that struck me is to tell yourself 
or to tell you, one of your friends around you or to tell anybody around you that they are perfect just the way they are is the most inhumane. It is the most, um, one of the most horrible things you can do to someone psychologically. Because if someone is 200 pounds overweight, I don't care what the magazines say. I don't care what the Instagram say. I don't care what anyone says. You are 200 pounds overweight. And you start, and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you know there's a problem. But instead of going inward, you're going outward to your friends and just all these other things to make you feel better about being who you are. It's, it's, it's a milky, it's a milky water right there because when you tell someone they're perfect just the way they are, it zaps any spirit that they have to improve themselves. And what the fuck is the point of living if we aren't improving ourselves? Even, even a super fit person, if you were to tell you're perfect just the way you are, really? They're perfect psychologically? They're perfect mentally? I mean, they're perfect psychologically, they're perfect physically, they're perfect financially, they're perfect spiritually. Really, they're perfect. Meaning that no matter how hard they try, there is not a chance in hell that they're going to go any, any higher than they are in any division in their entire life, any category in their life. You're telling that person, you are at the top of life right now and there's no possible way that you can go up anymore because you are perfect just the way you are, never change, a.k.a. never grow. How could you be so irresponsible to tell your friends that? If your friend has a drug problem, tell your friend he has a drug problem. He might get pissed, but he's, if you're a good friend to him, he's, he's going to eventually understand it's in your best interest he tells you this. And guess what? That the, the thought that you're having in your head that you did have a drug problem is no longer a thought. It just got confirmed. Now that's really going to shake things up. If your friend is getting fat, it might be like David Goggins says, it might be a little mean if they say that you're getting fat, but maybe you're fucking fat. Take a hard look in the mirror. And if you're thinking in your head, like, oh, I'm not, I don't look the way I used to, or like, I'm not happy with myself as much as I used to, or I don't have as much energy or like I'm not as satisfied with my looks or, or any of this. But then all of your friends are around you are telling you you're perfect just the way you are. Okay, that's fine. Who wants to go get some alcohol, you know? Who wants to go to the bars? Let's turn up tonight so I don't have to think about the, the fact that I'm not the person that I used to be. I'm not as proud to be as the person that I am or that or the fact that, I'm being told that there is no way I can improve myself because I am perfect. And if I'm perfect, there's no improvement on perfect. So let's turn up, you know, there's nothing else to do because I'm perfect, right? Let's go to the bar. I'm perfect. Guys, you cannot be telling your friends they're perfect. You can encourage the. you can, this is the way I see it. Encourage the fuck out of your friends to be comfortable and confident in who they are. So much so that they just want to keep improving themselves and they take pride in who they are rather than just slapping a perfect label right on top of themselves and calling it a day. That's the biggest thing I got from this thing, surprisingly. And then the weird phenomenon that happened 
when I got back on social media was interesting. And this is a big reason I want to record it today instead of yesterday. I got back on social media and I'm scrolling and it, and I'm like looking like I'll usually I'll scroll and if it's something like controversial something I'll like click on the comments I'll read through the comments boom I'm already I'm like a couple minutes in to social media for the first time in a month and I'm already locked into scrolling and I'm already in a bad mood immediately I exit out of the app and I go uh-uh like have you learned nothing like did you learn nothing like listen to what your your heart is telling you listen to what your spirit's telling you right now so I went back on there and I just started unfollowing people like a motherfucker. I unfollowed like 20% of every person I follow. And that mainly that 20% was like celebrities who didn't give a fuck about me. So why do, and their content I could give a fuck about Quavo. Come on. Is this like, just like Quavo, uh, Gucci Mane. Is this like, all it is, is this promotion of other, other songs and then flexing like, how much jewelry they got, the clothes they got. It did nothing for me. Like my, my brain, I feel like switched uh, over this past month because it's like after not being exposed to that shit for so long and then being exposed to it again, it's like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, why am I, why, why do I even care about this? Like that's like when midnight hit and I could be on social media, I did not get on social media. Like I was in uh, the Elon Musk clubhouse and I was just uh, laying on my floor stretching and stuff. I had no inclination to like, I was not rushing at all to hop back into social media. Let me tell you that. But when I did, I realized that the way I approach social media needs to shift as in the first times I need to, because this is, um, so that's one thing I do. I don't read, I don't go through comics except my own. And even that can be a little iffy. Uh, but that's a big one. Never go through comments and then unfollow the people who do nothing for me, you know, not, they don't inspire me. Uh, I don't, I'm not friends with them at all or anything. And so, and so that's what I did. What the fuck was I going to say next? Damn, I, I was on, I had a good point. I had a good point. I was talking about, sorry guys. Um, I haven't had more than like five or six hours of sleep in like two weeks, according to my aura ring. Just, uh, I've been thinking so much. I've been thinking a lot. I've been making like decisions on this move, what to do with the YouTube. I'll get into all that soon because the way I see it is that the simple, this podcast is now going to remain as the brain, my brain, basically my recorded thoughts. This is all going, everything I'm saying is all going all inside of my brain. And this podcast is meant to project the things that are within the brain so that you guys can see my thinking behind the things I do. Right. And so my YouTube channel, Scott Hilsey, I started, um, I definitely started drifting away from the, like I start, I just basically, I stopped having fun with the videos I was making. I did. And this is, this is the main driving factor for why I had to uh, leave social media for a month. It, I just need a complete reset and, and uh, a reset on my approach on things because I just was not making videos I was happy about. And I kept feeling like I'm getting boxed in this drop shipper spot that's why i'm not making any more day in the lives of a pro drop shaper i think that third one it's hard to beat that third one that third one's good that third one is really good my editor definitely left the part where the guy recognized me that was too long of a scene that's my only complaint i was like three and a half minutes of him just talking to me um but besides that those are over with because now i'm gonna be making day in the life of scott hilsey 
And I'm going to be making that this week or next week and posting it on YouTube. Um, and then starting from that video, I want my channel to be completely different. In my head, I see exactly where I'm going. And I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. It's just going to be a little difficult to execute, especially with this move. Because the, the types of videos I want to make are going to be way different than anyone in my field makes. That's for sure. Uh, just in terms of investing and dropshipping and all this, there's going to be a big shift. Because the moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done with it. And I, I recently, like, you can, if you watch my most recent videos, you can just see in my eyes, like, I'm, I'm just kind of, like, over. I'm, like, I'm not having fun anymore. Like, if you look at my first YouTube videos, I'm making videos about lookalike audiences while uh, uh, off-white Nike Prestos on my head and... I'm just like ordering all these clothes to be dressed super fly for these for these videos and I was just going at it with so much energy. But now it's kind of like, you know, um, I don't know. I just feel like my videos are becoming a little bland and I'm not liking the blandness. Like, so I have this big plan to just completely revamp everything, completely revamp the way I think about making videos, the way I approach making videos. Because listen to this, guys, my most successful video is a Tesla reaction video. Nothing to do with dropshipping or finance. One million views um, in a couple hours is going to hit a million. My second most popular video, Day in the Life of a Pro Dropshipper, doesn't really have anything to do with dropshipping. It was just mainly a, a day in my life where I talked about dropshipping a little bit. Um, 250,000 views. And then my recently, just a raw vlog. Nothing to do with dropshipping. Nothing to do with... Um, like anything like uh, high in SEO, such as Tesla, well, I guess, Ninebot go-karts. But if you look at my Ninebot go-kart vlog, that's at like 110,000 views. And I'm just looking at these videos and it's just like, okay, my most successful videos are the ones that I enjoyed making the most, like by far the most. Like I really love making these videos, but I keep... And it's, it's all my fault for sure. I keep like getting in this mindset of like, oh, what if I drift away and then it's just not the same? No. It seems the people have spoken. They actually really love these videos more so than my, a lot of my dropshipping videos. So I'm just looking at, like, looking at that and I'm like, damn. Okay, I know what I need to do. And you guys are going to see what I need to do. I really don't want to like outline my plan step-by-step step, just because I don't really like talking about what I'm going to do. I'd rather show you what I am doing, you know, as it, as it happens. But I got some really fun plans that's going to not only make me much happier, but I think it's going to make all you guys much happier because you can, I hope you guys can feel the vibe. Maybe that I'm a little different this time around, especially with that weight shut off. Like I, that was priority number one. I, I knew I was approaching that 191 number and in terms of stocks, 191 is my strong resistance line. I don't see myself ever getting above 191 unless I'm just absolutely jacked. Like I want my goal right now is to get to a single digit body fat percentage. And I'm at like 14 and a half, I think right now, or 15, somewhere, somewhere around there. I need to measure myself again. Um, but that's the direction I'm going in terms of the YouTube. And then also, I haven't really announced this anywhere, but I'll talk to you guys about it. My whole life, I've been a photographer. I mean, I've been in, a, I picked up my first video camera when I was nine. 
Yeah, the, yeah. When I was nine uh, with my friend John, that's when we started making these YouTube videos. Not, uh, not even YouTube. YouTube wasn't invented yet. I actually, got some of. I I got an hour long video we made uh, on this hard drive over here. I definitely got to triple back that up to make sure I don't lose it. Um, but I started. Yeah, I was making these. I've been making videos. Let's see, the fourth grade. So that would have been two thousand. Oh, uh, man, 2004, maybe. Yeah, 2004, I started making uh, YouTube videos. And then, so that's that explains a lot of what I do now. I make, I, that's, that's what my passion is, for sure, making videos, but making videos I find entertaining because I don't want to cut down on the people. I don't want to cut down just basically 99% of the world when I make these videos. I want to make videos that the whole world can enjoy but then at the same time they get value from at the at, at, at the same time they're getting entertained entertainment value uh that is lightly touching on, on the approach i'm going from now on and the more i talk about it the more i believe in it and the more fired up i get fired up like right when i started so lost my train of thought again i'm telling you this sleep is fucking me up, dude. I really, I've been trying to get eight hours. I just cannot get there. I don't know what's really going on. Um, but I just, I need to find a, I think I need to find a better bedtime approach because I've been waking up hella early uh, trading too. But even on the weekends, I still couldn't get past seven hours. Fuck. Anyway, goddamn. Uh, anyway, all I know is, I really like the direction. Oh, okay, never mind. Fuck. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that, guys. I need to need to get my sleep schedule back so I can improve my memory a bit because I've noticed it's it's been hurting me lately. But um, so from then I became I, I got into video. Obviously, I did like two or three hundred videos before I started this YouTube channel. But I was also big into photography, and I'll never forget when I was like sixteen, I took a long exposure photo that ended up winning Canon's Photo of the Week contest which I was super hyped about. But then I remember these kids at my school started bullying me and I was such a weak ass back then with no confidence in myself. I stopped taking photography and they also bullied me about my Instagram. Instagram was a new thing. This was one year into Instagram coming out and I was getting like 300 likes on some of these photos, which is fucking crazy. Like the most popular people in my school were getting maybe 40 and I was getting 300. These kids were like, what the fuck? So they started making fun of me for that. And then, again, I was so weak. I let the, It was 100% my fault. Let them um, stop me from posting myself. So if you go way back on my Instagram, like all the way to the bottom, you'll see it was all selfies of myself and with a bunch of likes. And then, like, you can see where the bullying probably started. And then that's when I stopped posting any photos of myself for, like, a long time. And then that's when my following kind of died out. But I always look back at that because it's like, damn, I was so far ahead of what the world is today like i was booming on instagram in comparison to how many users they had at the time and i was a photographer and i was a youtuber but i let all this shit just crumble what i was actually doing um and so that just gives great points to you can never allow other people to tell you what to do or allow people to even influence what you want to do you know what you got to do so you better go and get it if i would have stuck with that i would bet who knows what would have happened? I'm not even going to think about that. But anyway, this is why I'm telling you this story. After that photo of the week contest, like, I just decided I'm going to get away from photography, whatever. Like, maybe they are right. Maybe this is stupid. And so 
I kind of dabbled in it, and then around when I was like 20, I started picking it back up. Uh, but then that's when I was like college, and so like you can look at Scott's shots. That's why my Instagram is Scott's shots, is because that's when I launched my uh, photography business where I just take you know free pictures of models just for stuff for my portfolio, and some of those pictures are pretty dope. But then you know I was a dropout, so I had two different jobs busting, and eventually that died out. And I remember looking back on those old snaps. I was just trying to prove to everybody that I'm not a loser dropout. I'm not a loser dropout. I'm not a loser dropout. I hate those snaps so much, but it's part of my journey. And it was just cringy to look at because I was, I'm like, look at you just trying so hard to make people like you. Just trying so fucking hard. And you don't even like yourself doing this, you know? And so didn't really get into that. And then I moved to LA. Still didn't really get into it. And then... That's when I started doing like YouTube and stuff. And then because I started doing YouTube and started things started booming, I could afford like better camera equipment and stuff. And then this is when I got back into photography. So I'd start taking pictures and stuff. But then this recent trip um, that I went with Luca, because I noticed that my camera is the highest pixel, uh, megapixels of any camera out right now commercially available. And um, it's got nine, uh, 60 point, 6D. Point one, that's six zero point one megapixels. So huge. And I'm like, you know what? I can actually probably print these and they'll look pretty good. Me and Luca were going to Jackson Hole. So I'm like, I'm going to bring, I'm bringing my cameras for the podcast anyway. I might as well bring them on these hikes and see what I can do because I have a, a neutral density filter now, which a neutral density filter will make your lens like nine times darker than it usually is. So that way you can do daylight long exposure. And we we're just hiking. Um, and we saw this, we were hiking on this lake that wasn't frozen over because this particular lake near this particular mountain doesn't freeze. It's just very cold. I'm like, that looks like a great shot. So then I put on a neutral density filter. I took like a 12-second one, I think, and the photo came out amazing. I'm like, this is incredible. Like, look at this. So we go home, I edit it, and I pull it up on my laptop. And um, Luca was like, dude, like, you can do this for like a business. You, you realize this, right? And I'm like, you know, that's honestly been one of my dreams since I was a kid, but there are some issues and I just never thought it possible. But no, you're right. And I go, ever since I went to this guy's exhibit, Peter Lick. Now, I, no, I didn't know his name at the time. I was like, ever since I went to this guy's exhibit in like, it was like in Vegas or something. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. But he like, it was the most amazing photography I've ever seen. And just the way it was printed just was so captivating. That's what really started like igniting that fire again. And he goes, no, I feel the same way, dude. I'm in the same way, you know, you know, Luca is. And uh, it turns out that person's gallery that I was in in Vegas and Miracle Mile is Peter Lick, who Luca just recently bought a photo from printed up. I'm like, this is nuts. So then uh, my mentor slash friend as a gift to me decided a gift and encouragement because he was he was he's a big photography guy too. He has a lot of Peter Licks. He has a lot of um, just art in general. And when he saw my photo, he was like, "Dude, you." He's like, "Man, you really have some serious talent. Like, you should really pursue this." I'm like, you know what? I think I should. So he actually had it printed up by um. It was three and a half. It was three feet by three and a half feet print of this photo, and it's hanging up right behind my camera. I would get up and turn it, but then everything would be off. Um. God, imagine if I didn't press record on this. On this, hold on one second. That's one of my. You guys know it's one of my biggest fears. Okay, Jesus Christ. 
because I don't know about you guys, but I think this is a fire podcast happening right now. Fire podcast. Way better than the one yesterday. Um, and so I printed it up, and I'm like, okay, this is something I am going to take seriously. I'm already traveling. I'm already bringing my cameras with me. Why would I not take this seriously? And so I'm going to be I'm going to begin selling prints uh, soon. I'm setting it all up. I'm setting up an LLC and everything because I'm going to take this seriously. But he printed that photo in the exact same way that Peter Lick prints his photo on Chrome Lux with a glass finish, and it looked beautiful. Like just to look at it, the bet the way I can describe it, and this is why I was thanking him so much when he sent it to me, is because it's like okay, I have these posters around my house. They're multicolored, like Monopoly. Um, uh, canvases and all this stuff they're pretty cool money 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 you know money 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 but when I look at that photo that's multi-dimensionally inspiring because it's inspiring me to know that I created this it's inspiring me to see that this is a photo that I edited you know I edited and all this this is a photo of nature that I took while I was there and there's just so much depth and the way that it was printed and everything there's so much depth to that inspiration rather than just like a flat monopoly money sign, you know? And if that can do that for me, I know it can do it for others, other people. So I'm like for that one, I'm only going to sell 10 of them right at the start um, and then proceed from there. Just start off with a 10 piece just because as I grow as a photographer, though the bigger I get as a photographer, the more expensive that those prints are going to be. And those prints are so beautiful. I would love to sell tons of them. But I want to keep the, the buyer in mind in terms of an investment piece because these, these pieces could literally 100 or 1,000x one day uh, as I become a bigger and bigger photographer because there's only going to be 10 of those mountain prints ever, and then it's done. And now I'm going to move on to the next print. You know, Every print is going to be very limited, at least at the start. I'm not exactly sure what I'll do moving ahead, but every print is going to be limited. Uh, that's for sure. Because, again, I want to give the buyer some sort of investment purpose for buying this beautiful work of art that only them and then, like, nine other people can have in the world. I think that's way better than just, like, printing as many as people want, you know? So that's just something that makes me happy, you know? Tim Dillon says, you want to find whatever makes you alive and do that thing. Because if you don't, you're going to get locked into a life of addictions, unsatisfactory, uh, unhappiness, and I feel them on that one for sure. No matter how much money you're, you're making, if you're doing something that you just do not enjoy, what's the point? You know, cool, you got a lot of money, but you're spending most of your life not only doing but thinking about the thing that you don't even like to do. Um, that's just the way I see it. I'm going to check my notes right here to see if I, if I looked over anything. Like, um, honestly, my notes being my Instagram caption since I, I talked about some things. Uh, okay, yeah. I talked about that. Uh, we took a lit trip to Colorado. That was really fun. Actually, that's where I decided I'm moving to Miami because I asked, I, I talked to Luca about it. I'm like, I do not know what I'm going to do still. And he's like, to be honest, man, I see you living in Colorado for like 20 or 30 years of your life. So why rush it? Come to Miami. This is Miami is where everybody's at. And one, once he made me realize that, I'm like, it was. It's obvious. Miami's the move. When I move to Colorado, I know two people in Colorado. Miami, I already know like thirty. 
you know, and they, they all do similar things to what I do. Um, yeah, I just want to double check that. So when I'm proceeding with this YouTube thing, the simplify merch is going to be coming back for sure. I've been talking about this forever, but with the COVID, the COVID thing fucked up the supply chain. And I'm just like, this is not a good time to like launch this brand. But I think now we're approaching it with this new, um, format of videos that I'm going to be releasing. I'm going to be releasing a new format of designs of the simplified of the simplify merch. I already have so many designs that I have not released yet. I have like four testers over there. So that's going to be coming for sure. And, um, I'm going to be so much happier. <laughs> that's, that's 100% for certain. So much happier. Cause I know who I am. And if, if, if you start drifting away from who you are for too long, you start to forget who you are. And then you just, and then you start to forget why you feel the way you feel. And then you start, you just forget to feel that's what that damn that's that's how it goes and when i say you forget to feel i mean you forget to feel in the sense of you don't know why you're every day you're waking up uncomfortable and you don't know why every day you're waking up like feeling like you got like shit crawling on you and stuff because of how anxious you are because you forgot the fact that you're living a life you don't like your your life's going in a direction you don't want to live or you're living a life that you don't want to live and you're not doing anything about it except numbing that feeling with drugs and uh, I mean drug alcohol is a drug don't let it get confused but with drugs or or any sort of pleasure you're you're putting this momentary ha- uh, momentary pleasure over long term f- fulfillment and that's what I mean when you say when I say you forget to feel. Because you're covering up any chance that you have of feeling. And feelings are everything. Your subconscious. Like, man, when I was deciding between Colorado and Florida, my mentor slash friend said it amazing to me. He goes, I truly believe. And again, this is such a successful guy. He goes, I truly believe that the only reason that we have a brain is to perform the actions that our heart tells us. Just think about that for a second, guys. Think about that for one second. Oh, my God. The only reason we have a brain is to act out the, or to perform the acts that our heart tells us to do. So whenever you're thinking about, should I go with my heart, should I go with my head, go with your fucking heart because your head's only there to act what your heart says. Because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. But it will eventually as long as you follow your heart because your heart is directly linked to your intuition and your intuition knows way more about yourself than your, than, I mean, your subconscious slash intuition than your conscious mind will ever because it, your conscious mind doesn't collect all the data like the subconscious does, you know? You know. In terms of the car, like right before I went off social media, I remember I, I crashed I mean, I, I didn't crash it, but there was a wheel. <laughs> there was a tire in the middle of the road. I smoked that fucker on, on autopilot. Uh, so I'm doing a, a funny little thing where I fixed the whole car with um, Mighty Putty. Yeah, fixed the whole car with Mighty Putty. But the wrap got damaged. And when you, I, I knew this when I wrapped my car. It's going to be complicated if I ever damage it. But luckily, it just so happens the damaged piece of the wrap, I happen to have extra of the wrap that exact size. So next week I'm taking it to the shop and they're going to, 
I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna mighty putty it, uh, fill in the cracks, fill in the holes, and then they're just gonna wrap that fucker right on top, and nobody knows nothing, you know. And um, I'm gonna I'm doing a chrome delete because right now the chrome's cool and everything, like it gives a nice sparkle, but with that fat ass carbon fiber wing on the back, I just look at it and I'm like, it just seems like a confused car, and the chrome's making it look bulky, you know. It, it's like a mix between like performance and luxury. I think deleting the chrome is going to give it a badass, like, ferocious look. Like, this car is fucking fast. Instead of, like, this car is fucking nice, it's going to be nice and fast, you know? But I, So I think, like, blacking out the chrome is going to be a cool, like, and then keeping the chrome rims, of course, but it's going to be, like, a cool, like, um, uh, symphony of colors. It's going to be, like, you know, the thick black tint with the black-ass chrome. But, I'm, I mean, uh blacked out chrome and all that but the front is going to have chrome accents and the back is going to have chrome accents I mean like you know the the symbols and stuff and all that so I'm going to keep that so that's going to kind of like still like collaborate very nicely I think with the wheels and um if I choose to leave like a little chrome trim on the bottom I don't know but yeah the the new model s is actually coming out soon that thing's fucking quick but you won't catch me buying that hell no you're getting roped in if you buy that at full price that's like a to get the same specs as the new Model S as my car, that's $165,000. I just looked it up. I got my car for 75,000, 16,000 miles. And the only difference is it has 200 miles of range, which is crazy. That's pretty good if you're going on a road trip. <laughs> and then the speed's uh, 0.4 seconds faster, uh, 0 to 60, which is definitely crazy. The interior is completely redone. It looks sick. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying that if anyone asks me, don't even ask me because I see no reason at all to upgrade my car. My car's fucking currently the second quickest car in the world. And once that's released, it's going to be the third quickest car in the world. But yeah, let me think if I got anything else um, I want to talk about too. It, um, I guess I'll end it on this. I know a lot of you have asked me about GameStop and AMC and my opinion on it. I have no skin in the game. I know that when it comes to the people versus billionaires, historically, the billionaires have always won because they got the special interest, they got the lobbyists, and they got the money to put up against the people. I love the fight, though. I fully support uh, Wall Street bets and what they're doing. It's amazing to see these huge hedge funds that have been bailed out by the government and just done scammy shit against the shareholders and all this finally getting their just due in a case of their own medicine. That's why I like to see. Now, it is scary to see... Not only the censorship, for example, let's talk Donald Trump. Whether you like him or you don't, everyone should be freaked out that every social media collaboratively, not even social media, every social media collaboratively censored this man. And then even the banks censored him. They don't want his money. And then the scariest part about this whole thing is uh, the anti-censorship social media named Parler, got censored by Amazon and taken down. That shit's scary to me. I don't know about you guys. That shit is scary to me. And I like what Tim Dillon said about politics. Like, when he was on uh, his interview with Lex Fridman, Tim Dillon, uh, I mean, Lex was like, oh, man, you uh, so you seem to be, like, pretty much all over the place politically. And Tim, Tim Dillon was like, yeah. Yeah, funny how that works, right? Can you imagine if I wasn't all over the place politically? 
it would be a little weird, right? And he's, he made such a great point, you know. I don't talk politics too much, but as a general base, you better ask yourself, if you believe everything that one party says and it just happens to be everything that you believe exactly, is it really you thinking or is it your party thinking? Both sides. Because I just find it strange how every time I, I meet someone who's a diehard Republican or a diehard Democrat, they just happen to believe the exact things all the way down the line, not one altered thing that their parties, that they think that they believe about their parties, but the parties are really telling them. But uh, at the end of the day, I am anti-censorship for sure. I'm very pro-freedom of speech. Uh, that was a little shocking to see. Um, but we'll see how that turns out. But the reason I bring that up is because I never thought I'd see someone censored off of every social media. I definitely didn't think I'd ever see an, uh, a website censored. That's pretty fucking crazy. But I definitely never saw stocks getting censored. Oh my God. I never saw the fact that they're censoring stocks because the people are standing up for the first time in their lives or able to for the first time in their lives and taking down these people who are doing the exact same shit as them. And when the, when the, when the ball gets turned around or when whatever the expression is and placed in the hands of the other people and they start to win, they cancel the game. They cancel the game. They, I'm sorry, they pause the game and then they throttle the game. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Like for the first time, the people were rising up. And so once I saw that, you know, I was like, because I did in the airport coming back from Colorado when GameStop was at $87, I placed like an $850 put on GameStop. Dumb, dumb as hell. I only lost like $180 on it. But if I would have made a call, guys, I would have made 44 grand the next day. But I made a stupid put and lost 200 bucks. <laughs> but, um, that's what's uh that's what's most disturbing to me of 2021 just all the censorship in so many different ways and i like the gamestop amc thing the the most because it's one thing that everybody is behind every race every uh political side every gender there's no way to split this up or make it political in any sense aoc donald trump jr Ted Cruz, all these people who are on complete different sides politically are all agreeing this is fucked up and Robin Hood and all these firms should be held accountable because how can they how can they just do that, you know, and they and get away with it, which guess what? They probably will get away with it and guess what? Nothing's going to happen probably. And that's just the reality of the world we live in. So when people ask me why aren't you in AMC, why aren't you in GME? I'm like I support them fully. But based on what we saw in like 2008 and just based on what we saw with like, I mean, even fucking Epstein, you know, the power, money and power, it's hard in term. The only thing that beats money and power is power of the people. And that's why I'm really happy to see what's happening right now. We're seeing the power of the people versus the power of money and, and, and connections. Essentially the most powerful people, the most powerful groups of people are now fighting millions. I just checked Wall Street bets, 8 million people, 8 million de degenerates. 8 million people are standing up against the top right now. And it's so good to see. 
But guess what? Once the once the money starts flowing the other way, guys, it starts to become a problem. It really uh, in terms of the hedge funds. And guess what? The hedge funds have connections to these trading firms to limit their losses and all this. They're still getting fucked either way. They're losing so much money. Citadel's down 53%. Last time I checked, 53%. And they were worth like, I think they're like a 14 or $15 billion hedge fund. And just imagine that from their side. Like take a step back and imagine that from their side. That hedge fund is probably decades old. It was probably passed down generation to generation, maybe. Um, let's just pretend it was made in like the six, in the forty, or in the fifties when hedge funds started really popping off. It's like the dad built it up to like a billion, and then passed it to his son during the tech boom, and then the tech boom, the son was able to capitalize on it and turn it into like seven billion, and then throughout the past uh, two decades, he's been able to double that into you know, 13, 14 billion only to lose 53%, probably more now to some Redditors. (laughs) And they're not the only ones getting affected. There's so many people getting affected. But when I was on that call with Elon Musk in Clubhouse last night, let me make sure this is still running, by the way. Sorry to do this often. It's just like, uh, I know the battery's getting a little low. Battery's not fucking getting low. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I was on uh, the clubhouse last night with Elon Musk, and he was asking, a- answering questions. And then at the end, oh man, there's for any of you who was in that, that was a funny that uh, that lady with the Indian accent was just she should not have been there at all. This lady literally like she kept chiming in just to hear herself speak a lot, and then Elon every time was like, um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> like he's like, uh, well. Um, he just does that little quirky thing because he doesn't know what to say because he can, I mean, Elon's a real motherfucker. I can tell he's very real. He does not put on a show. And when you're that real, it's real, recognized, real in this bitch. And I feel the same about myself personally. I, I try to keep it real as hard as possible. So the more I do that, it's real, recognized, real, only fakes. I mean, the real can recognize the fake and the real. The fakes cannot recognize or distinguish between the fake and the real. And the only way for yourself not to be a fake is to keep it real and keep it real with yourself. But what this lady would do was like, there was this one time when she was like, when like they're talking about memes and stuff and like, da da. he's like, yeah, I love a good meme. And then this lady was like, so tell me, Elon, what kind of memes are you following nowadays? And there was like a silence in the room for like six seconds. And he was like, um... Yeah. Uh, well, like, uh, you you don't really follow memes, but um, yeah, it's like uh, I do I do enjoy them. I do enjoy them a lot. And then like he like people started realizing what was happening, so they started like some guy was like, yeah, I, I get all my memes at the meme store. And Elon Elon was like, oh yeah yeah the meme store yeah I I I look at the meme store all the time. That's where I get the best memes. And then everyone started trolling this lady, and that's it. That became a meme in itself. I thought that was such a funny moment but at the end he brought on uh the owner of robin hood which was so suspicious because it was very weird because it was just him answering questions and all the stuff from the panel and then at the end the guy was like well elon we want to really thank you for your time um thank you so much for coming on here and uh will you be on again he's like yeah uh, you know actually i didn't know this uh this app even was invented until a year ago so uh actually yeah i will i feel i see myself get on yeah 
And he's like, is there any closing remarks that you would like to, to give Elon? And he was like, oh, well, uh, would you guys like to hear the true story of what happened with Robin Hood the other day? And there was like another like 10 second like silence. Like what? And the people were just like, uh, yeah. Okay. He's like, oh, someone bring Vlad up, Vlad up. And Vlad like was already in and like, it seemed like the, the panel, at least most people on the panel did not know what was happening. Uh, which was kind of funny to watch. Sorry, I just had to send that real quick. Uh, and his explanation, it definitely seemed like a co-op thing. Like they were both in on it. It was just so strange because like Elon was, Elon was like slinging these questions that seemed to be like pre-rehearsed or like softball and all this stuff. And like, he kept like siding with them because there was one point where he's like, well, if you didn't have a choice, you know, uh, but to shut down, then people shouldn't be mad at you, right? You didn't have a choice. They should be mad at the people who are making you make these decisions. Who are these people who are making you make decisions? And then the guy gave like a very vague answer. And it turns out that Robin Hood owns their own clearinghouse. So it seems like they're just honestly trying to save their own ass from these payouts. I mean, we're going to find out February 18th. That's when the trial is. I just saw with this guy. But that was fine. If you guys, by the way, if you guys haven't added me on Clubhouse yet, be sure to add me on Clubhouse. Or definitely be sure to get the get the app. It's popping off now, especially now that Elon went in. I looked today and... Um, I guess people thought this random stock clubhouse, I forget what the ticker symbol is, but it was like clubhouse entertainment. Everyone, a bunch of people, I guess thought that was like the clubhouse Elon got on their stock surged 53% today. If it was on Robin hood or maybe it's on E-Trade, I'm going to check that when I get off. I am placing some major puts on this company right when I get off of, uh, right when I get uh, out, out tomorrow. Cause uh, that is an easy, easy, uh, easy W right there. Like that's the easiest W ever. Like that shit's not gonna go up. It's the wrong company. It's like when Zoom, uh, I think it was Z O O M ticker symbol Z O O M. Everyone thought that was like the Zoom telecommunications because that had like a similar name. I think that went up like f- fucking four thousand percent. No, it was like four hundred. It was either four hundred percent or four thousand percent until people realized it's Z M is the real zoom and that and they had to like halt trading on that like that was funny so in a situation like that if you placed a put dude <laughs> you could turn like a hundred dollars into like ten thousand like pretty easily in in a case like that if you recognize what's happening and you're smart about it that should be like a little like uh that should be like a a little stock trading tactic a little options trading tra- tactic right there like Focus on the accidental booms and then uh, put them or, or short them if so. I don't know anything about shorting. I don't know how to short, but I know how to place a put and that's good enough for me. So anyway, guys, if you've made it, we're, we're approaching an hour right now. We're 58 seconds from an hour. Comment one hour gang in the comments below so I know the gang is still listening because I do like to extend these to at least an hour just so you guys have at least an hour to go and then when i see those one hour gang comments like it makes me way more likely to keep making more of these and make them just as long 
This is one of my favorite solo podcasts that I've ever done. This is a million times better than one yesterday. God damn, I'm so glad I didn't post the one I made yesterday. That one was awful. That one was horrible. Like I was done talking like 22 minutes and I just, it was like 40 minutes of filler. It was horrible. So something inside me told me to redo this. I'm so glad I did because this felt way better. And then I was able to give you the perspective of no social media and then coming back to social media. Like I definitely didn't expect me to just unfollow so many people. And then I definitely didn't like, I just learned my lesson. You know, I'm not going to look into these comments. I'm not going to rile myself up for what, you know, riling myself up isn't going to change the world only i can change the world by riling others up but in a good way if that makes sense <laughs> well anyway guys i'm very happy to be back look for me on instagram look for me on here on youtube i'm getting so tired right now it's ridiculous i need this sleep so hopefully i can start getting back into the, a good sleep pattern i i guess I don't get enough sleep because a lot of times I'll get like FOMO. Like if I go to sleep now at 10 p.m., I might miss out on something that might happen at like midnight, you know? I guess that's a, it's hard to shut off my brain at night because at night, especially in an elevated surface, it's like so many people's brains are not active. And then since you're, since brain, since wavelengths travel um, horizontally, brain wavelengths, all that jump. That's why people in New York are always so pissed off because all their brain waves are fucking interacting with each other and fighting each other and they can't think clearly because of noise and duh, blah, blah, blah. But when you're on an elevated surface late at night, that's when you can think the clearest. That's why a lot of people out there listening to this have the craziest thoughts at night or they can't shut their brain off at night and they keep, cannot stop thinking. That's me right there. My entire life cannot stop thinking at night. I just need to figure out a way to allow myself to stop thinking at night. I think that's going to be done through like a bedtime routine leading up to bed, maybe like 30 minutes or an hour and convincing myself that what the fuck are you staying up so late for? You know? So that's one thing I'm going to fix. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. There's going to be so many more. I can't wait. (laughs) Peace out.